Today, we are um, going to begin a new minute, and that is that if somebody knows somebody who's in this class, and they know that they're celebrating a simcha, they'll just send me a note, and we will announce the simchas at the beginning of class, and um, I, I think that's an important thing in all of this. Um, so today, we are delighted to wish a great, huge, big mazel tov to Rebetzin Jaffe, uh, whose Enikol Mendy Jaffe is getting married today to Hannah Miriam Jacobson, and we wish them all of the brachas. And I also want to share that my Enikol, Avram Shmuel Slanim, became bar mitzvah, um, and we wish him all of the brachas. Um, we are learning in the schos of Rafor Shlema for Rav Yosef Yitzchak ben Sima Chasya, and a schos for all of the shvuyim, all of those who are in captivity, all of the chaylim, all of those who were hurt, and Kol Beis Yisrael, hoping and davening and davening and begging Hashem that there should be an end and there should be a Yeshua immediately, immediately. We are doing a Sicham Parshas Noyach from Chelek Tezvav, um, Noyach Hey the fifth sicha anoyach in Chelek Tezvav. Besiyum parshasenu, in the very, very last pasuk of our parsha, alashen hakasuv becharon, on the word charon. So I'll read um, the last pasuk. Last pasuk reads, vayiyu yemei terach, the lifetime of terach was chamei shanim umasayim shana, 205 years, vayamas Terach Becharon. And Terach, the father of Avraham, died in a place called Charon. Perish Rashi, we're back in the Sikha. Rashi, Rashi's comment on the word Charon is Hanun Hafucha. The nun, the langanun, the final nun in the word Charon is inverted. And um, I'll, I'll just say very, very quickly that in the Sifri Torah that we have today, we do not see that Nun inverted, which gives rise to a lot of questions of exactly how it was inverted and which Nun, maybe it's that Nun from the word Charon, maybe it's an extra Nun, like sometimes appears, the Rebbe opines that it's the the final letter in the word Charon, the, the final Nun is inverted. And Rashi says, the reason for this is to teach you Ad Avram, until Avram, Charon Av Shel Mokem Ba'olam. That um, the Abishur was, the God was angry at the world. There was anger from God against the world. That's Perish Rashi. Vihine. Haperish Haposha Bedibi Rashi Hu. So the simple explanation explanation of Rashi is Loi Shahanun Hahafucha Mayr al Kah Shaadavram Kharin Afshal Mukim Demehe Shaikhus in Yazel Nun Hafucha. The Rabbi says, just to be clear, Rashi is not telling us that the inverted nun teaches us that until Avram came, God's wrath was uh, unleashed on the world. Because what is the connection between that Indian and the inverted nun? Rather, Rashi is teaching, Ki'im, Shahanun ha'fucha ba'l-rames. 
not that this is the pshat of the pasuk, but rather that the inverted nun comes to hint, comes to allude to the fact that in addition to the fact that this pasuk is referencing a geographic location, a city called Charon, that the word Charon also includes an additional layer of information. It alludes to God's anger. So the word charon, charoin, charoin af means the wrath. And what's the connection of wrath to this pasuk? So to answer that question, Rashi says, That until Avram came, Hashem's anchor was um, focused or targeted at the world. Okay. Ella, but the Rebbe says, Shepherish zu enumuvan. But, but, okay, seemingly, this is what Rashi is telling us, but it's not really understood. Why? Haloi perish Rashi, altebas becharon, charen af, muchrach lahatim letoichen pasuk zeh. It's good and fine for Rashi to tell us that the word charon, which, which is, which bespeaks a physical location, is also teaching us an additional layer of information. We're familiar with this, like Mitzrayim is a geographic location, but as we all know, famously, Mitzrayim alludes to Mitzarim Ugvulim, constraints and constriction. Fine, okay, good. But what is the connection to this Pasuk? Seemingly, Rashi is saying that there's a connection to this Pasuk. The problem is The problem is that the illusion has to in some way be tethered to the information in this verse. And this verse is not talking about Avram. It's talking about his father Terach. That Terach died in a place called Charon. In Cain, and if so, so seemingly, what would have made kind of more sense is for Rashi to connect the Indian of Hashem's wrath with Terach. That until Avram came, Hashem's wrath was focused on the world. So the Rebbe explains Rashi and then says, but wait a minute exactly what is Rashi actually trying to teach us. It's not just that the word charon can also be understood as charon af, but there has to be more because Rashi is saying that this happened until Avram surfaced and the Pasuk is not about Avram. Beis. The explanation is as follows. Kevon of if you're to say that Charoin Af is connected to Terach, and this Pasuk tells you Vayamas Terach Becharon, that Terach died in Charon, then you have to say that the anger of Hashem was until he passed until 
until Terach passed. But there's a problem with that. We cannot say that. Rashi, albeit in the next parsha, Rashi says this, but the Rebbe teaches us in Sichas all the time that Rashi has a particular shita, he has a particular thesis, he has a particular outlook, and he's consistent. And according to Rashi's shita, Terach did Teshuva a while before he passed, 65 years before he passed, to be exact. So then we can't say that Hashem's wrath was on the world until Terach passed. Okay, but what has it got to do with Avram? We still have to answer that question. So you can't say about Terach, so you're going to hang it on Avram. Therefore, Rashi is forced to say that the wrath of Hashem that is alluded to in this verse is not connected to Terach. That the wrath of Hashem was, was upon the world not specific to Terach and what he was doing or not doing, but rather in a global sense. But the Rebbe says, if that's how you want to explain it, but now if you explain it this way, we have another difficulty. If this is the way you want to say the Pasuk is, 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 is broadcasting a message. So what's the connection of Hashem's global dissatisfaction and anger with the world to this pasuk that talks about the death of Haran, of, of Terach? We're saying that it's not connected to Terach specifically. And especially because Terach did Shuvah before he passed. And therefore, Rashi comes and says, Ad Avram, fully, that Hashem's wrath was on the world until Avram. What does this mean? Hadavar Nemar Avram, that the existence of Hashem's wrath and then the departure of Hashem's wrath hinges on Avram. Hainu, meaning, Lepasuk Haba Tekef Laachar Hanun Hafucha. That it's not about this pasuk; it's about the next pasuk. And what's the next pasuk? And the Rebbe is going to now deepen this thesis. This is to say, that in the inverted nun, that is the last letter of the word charan, roimes hakasuk. The verse is alluding to the fact, is hinting, that until that point, there was the wrath of Hashem upon the world. But when Avram enters, when Avram comes along, and he begins to illuminate the world, he illuminates the world with godliness, 
So when Avram started to call on to the name of Hashem, and as we all know famously, he made others call on the name of Hashem, then the wrath of Hashem left this world. Gimel. Amnam, however, Adayan Tzarek Lahavin. We still have to understand. True, all true, that immediately after the word Haran comes the Pasuk, but still in all, but the Rebbe says, but it's still kind of, maybe you want to say, far-fetched. It's still difficult to pine that the inverted nun in the last word of Parshas Noyach, in the word Charon, is there to give us a message about the Pasuk that comes after it. And so the Rebbe is now going to address this seemingly a difficult concept that the inverted nun in the word charan is actually appended to or is pointing to the pasuk that comes next. And the Rebbe says like this, Nun pshuta hi ois soifis hamadgisha kates v'soif deteva that the nun in general, uh, uh, final nun, is a letter that underscores the end of something. It 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 broadcasts that something is seizing. Kate's v'soif, and then the Rebbe says, "Ubein gufa," and then when you want to, comp- that's in general that the final letters broadcast a finality about them. But if you want to look amongst all the final letters, because we have a final chaf, we have a final mem, we have a final pei, we have a final tzaddik, we have a final nun. He says, when you uh, you want to compare and contrast different final letters, surasa kikav aruch, hamafrid ben beis the Rebbe says that when you look at the nun, it's a line. It is a line that serves as a barrier, or you want to say a border that separates two sides. It separates two things, and it does so in a very complete, impervious fashion. Shari binun pshuta. Because in a nun, there's no aperture, there's no opening. You can't pass from one side to another. As for instance, if you want to compare it to like a letter like Kuf, there are letters where there's a passageway, but the nun has a um has a finality about it and uh and 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 a completeness about it 
and you can't pass from one side to another. So from this, that the Torah shows, specifically this letter, the Nun, in the word Charon, in order to allude something about Hashem's wrath, and the Rebbe says, and even more, this is the only letter in the word that is changed, that is different, that is inverted. Seemingly, we might argue, the whole word, all of the letters should have been somehow changed. Because if you want to talk about charoin af, and especially because the word charoin relating to Hashem's wrath is sometimes written in the Torah without a vav. So if you wanted a broadcast that here in this puzzle, the place charon is also talking about Hashem's wrath, you could have changed the whole word and changed every letter in the word. But the fact is that it's only the nun. Harezuraya, so this is proof, Sheba Bisha Raimes Hadavar, Shacharaina Af Nifsak Parsha. So the Rebbe says, what is being taught here? What is being broadcast? That yes, that the word Charon, which refers to a city, to a geographic location, also refers to Hashem's wrath. But the fact that that is being taught to us, it's hinted, Dafka in only the inversion of the final Nun comes to tell us that the wrath also ceased at the end of this Parsha. V'lachem perish Rashi, and therefore Rashi explains Ad Avram Charein Af, that Hashem's wrath was focused on the world until Avram surfaced. V'kan Nifsak. And with Avram, it ceased. Dalit. Okay, so, so far, the Rebbe has explained what Rashi is telling us, the multiple prongs of Rashi's uh, teaching here. But there's still something we have to understand. There's still place for additional pondering and questions. It, okay, so now we understand that the nun, the shape of the nun, teaches us that there's a cease, there's there's a stopping, there's a separation between two sides or two eras or two stages or two phases. Okay, we got it. And in, in the passage that we're discussing, there is a stopping there's a definitive separation between these two parshies. But the Rebbe says, But this very um, separation can be understood or described in two different ways. You could either say, Aleph, 
You could either say that Hashem's wrath was upon the world until the era that comes to a close with the end of Parshas Noyach. This would be Hatzad HaChiyuvi. This would be the positive way to understand this. Sha'ad Oz Nimsha Charein Af. That the anger of Hashem continued until the closing of Parshas Noyach and the events that are described until the end of Parshas Noyach. Or Beis. Or you could learn it. Or that Hashem's anger continued and did not cease until the era described in Parshas Lech Lecha. And this would be Hatzat Ashlili. This would be a more negative way of understanding this. Because there is time that elapses in terms of chronological events from when Terah passes until Avram Avinu is told Lech Lecha. So there's more time. It would be a more elongated time that Hashem is angry. The Kevon Shapir's Rashi who al Tevas Becharon, and because Rashi gives his parish on the word Charon Lachaira Havale Lemeimar Kaifen Aleph, seemingly it would be like the first way of understanding it, the more positive way. Shacharon Af Nimshach Atzium Hatkufa De Parshas Noyach. That this anger continued until the end of Parshas Noyach. But if this is the case, so then why did Rashi say until Avram? Because it seems that with this, he is putting, he's underscoring the seizing and the um, the obliteration of the anger. But in truth, this is not even a question. Because Hatkufa Because the historic era that is spoken of in Parshas Noyach ends with the Pasuk that says, and Terach died in Charan. Because the truth of the matter is that Terach's death is being described here, but Terach passed 60 years after Avram came to Canaan, after Lech Lecha. And therefore, Rashi can't say that Hashem's wrath was focused on the world until Terach passed away. Although that would seem eminently logical because he's stopping on this Pasuk. But that's not what happened. Because from when Avram surfaced as a leader and illuminated the world with his teaching, and this was at least 60 years before Terach passed, Hashem's wrath already stopped. And now we understand why at first you look at this and you're like, wait, what, what is Rashi doing? What has what this got to do with Avram? This Pasuk is about Terach. But Rashi 
has to tell us when did it happen that Hashem's wrath ceased. Through this, Rashi is underscoring that the seizing that of, of the Haroin Af, of, of Hashem's wrath, although it is alluded to at the end of this parsha, it's not connected to Terach's demise. But rather that the inverted nun alludes to the end of the era that precedes Avram, the Hainu, Tchilas, Tkufas, Avram, Beseder, Aseras, Adoyers. It is the beginning of the era of Avram insofar in, of the ten generations. Hey, Avaladayin Derish Beer, but we still need explanation. Me'ezetam, but why does the Torah have to broadcast this to us to begin with through an inverted nun that for the duration of the 10 generations that preceded Avram, Hashem's wrath was upon the world. Isn't this something that we would understand instinctively, intuitively? After all, Kevan Shehir Bulachtoi, Avdu Avaydazara, the Chule, people started to sin, they served Avaydazara. Move on. Shakarish Baruchu Loi Hayasva Ratzimanagasam. So it's self understood that Hashem was not satisfied with the comportment of the people at that time. The Chaya Haran Afshal Makamailam. Isn't it self-understood that Hashem was upset? Why does the Torah have to tell us this? Allude to this through the inverted nun. The explanation is, because when we learn in the Parsha about these generations, and we see that they lived longer, much longer than 120 years. It's hard to understand. If we're supposed to understand intuitively that Hashem's wrath is upon the world because it's such a bad state spiritually, then why did these people live for so long? Which would seem to be an indication of their um, elevated spiritual stature. So there could be this thesis, there could be this opinion. But although they sinned, but there was something in their behavior with which they found favor in the eyes of Hashem. For whatever reason, says, for example, it could be it could be that they were united. And for this reason, they merited longer lives, longevity. Or 
Or it could be that they showed kibud av, like Rashi says here. And for this, Hashem was satisfied with them. So the pasuk with the inverted nun comes to obviate this opinion, to disabuse us of this idea. Lahaira is to teach us. Not only was Hashem not satisfied with these generations, but on the contrary, Hashem's wrath was upon them. So then what is Taka the answer for why they merited longevity? Because this is what Hashem wanted. We don't understand. We don't know. Or the Rebbe says, alternatively, there's a simple way to understand it. Move on, Besechon. It's it's understood logically. Sha'adam Harishon, Yitzur Kapov Shal Kadesh Baruchu, the Adam Harishon, who was formed by Hashem, Sarich Laharich Yamim Yosem Mikulam, Lulechete Itzadas. That because he was formed by Hashem, he was so consummate and, and, and perfect in every way, and he should have lived longer than anybody. There wouldn't have been a chait. But as the generations uh, unfurl and 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 move further away from that time, so this was incremental. So right now we're still talking about a time that is relatively much much more closer than our generation, for instance, from the time of Adam Arishin. So. The, the amount of years that people live gets shaved off as we move farther and further away from Adam Arishan, who was in a state of perfection, and uh, and if not for the Chait, would have lived forever, actually. Okay. Vav. Hagam shebeperush alder hapshat loy rashi kantam mipne maherichu yamim oisam asara esrim dairis. Although Rashi here, Alderch Pshat, does not deal with the reason for why these people lived for so long. But the Rebbe says, Okay, this is like, this is truly incredible. Only the Rebbe can plumb the depth of a Rashi like this. He says, but Rashi actually, through, through, Derech Hasoid, the esoteric, Kabbalah, Hasidus, is, is actually hinting to why these people lived as long as they did. The Rebbe says, Ukmaisha Kfar Nizbar, Kama Vachama Pa'amim, Sheba Perish Rashi, Tomun Yena Shaltera, Pneumia Satera. Like I've already explained many, many times, that there is hidden and, um, yeah, uh, is hidden in Rashi the Yena Shalter, the Pnimis Atera, the, the, the innermost core of Terra. Okay, so now the Reb explains. Isa Bedivir Azal. The Gemara explains. Shechaf Vav Dores, Shekhaidim Matan Terra, Hayunizunin Bechazdoi Shalakadish Baruchu. 
that the 26 generations that preceded Matan Torah were sustained by the chesed of Hashem. Omevor bechasidos. And Hasidus explains, Shedairis elu hayunizunin mi madregas hachesed shelemaila mihishtalshlos. That these generations were nurtured and, and nourished through chesed that is higher than the whole seder hishtalshlos, that is higher than any of the constructs and the rubrics and the systems and the processes that were put into place. And in that transcendent place, Shasham, Im Chatasa, Verabu Pishecha, Matasalai, Im Sadakta, Matitinlai, in the famous words of Eiv, whatever people do, it doesn't impact Hashem, good, bad, indifferent, Hainumini, Shazuhi Darga, Shalamaila Mitfisas, Mokam Lemitsus Vaaveris. This is a place that transcends mitzvahs and averis, merits and deficits, what we do, what we don't do. And so even people that trespass averis, the opposite of tzaddikim, are able to get chayus from this place that hovers above and how things come down in a particular way. You could, um, just very, very quickly, you could say that this is a difference between chesed and rachamim. Chesed is untrammeled effulence. It, it, it comes down indiscriminately. Okay, so think about rain. So rain will come down and it will water all of the flowers in your garden and all of the weeds. Okay, whereas rachamim is modulated. It's a combination of chesed and givura. So the Rebbe is saying that Hasidus explains that those 26 generations that preceded Matan that preceded a system where Hashem says, you should do this, you should not do that, they were sustained by the chesed that is higher than Ishtalshim's. And just like there's a overarching general difference <clears throat> between the generations preceding Matan Terra and the generations after, Rebbe says, and in the same fashion, there is a subsidiary distinction but within the 26 generations themselves. And the Rebbe says, Right? We have this famous idea that there's there's Shnei Alafim Tayhu, then the Shnei Alafim Tayra, and then the Shnei Alafim of Mashiach. The, that the six that the six millennia are subdivided in three categories. So the Rebbe says that the 20 generations, the first 20 generations, are part of the uh, I, I'm sorry, the the 20 generations that preceded the Shnei Alafim Teira, they are from the 20 generations of Toihu, of chaos. They had this um, 
particular sustenance that they got from a Kaddish Baruch Hu, from the Chesed of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that was even more than the six generations after Matan Ter. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is wrong. We're only zunim b'chazus shel kadosh baruch hu, but there's. Sorry. No, go okay. ahead. No, so I'm saying the last six of the twenty-six, they were worse off. They didn't get it, so they they had it a little bit more modulated. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Rachi. The Indian zem merumas bedivrei Rashi. And this is what Rashi is alluding to. Why does Rashi have to say the word means wrath. Af means, uh, you know, coming, the, 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 the anger is coming through your nostrils. So Rashi is, as a general rule, <clears throat> very concise, right? Why does he feel it necessary to add the word af? The only thing that really matters here is that the word charon is an allusion also to wrath. Because that's the, because charon, wrath, is the explanation of what the word charon is also trying to teach us. So why does Rashi also use the word af? <laughs> but the reason is that in the word af, mirumas inyan zeh, this idea, this idea that Hasidus explains that those generations were nurtured and sustained through the um, unfettered chesed of a Kaddish Baruch Hu that's higher than Ishtal Shalos, that is alluded to in the word af. Shekein af meira abachina or shalamayla mihishtalshalos. Because af <coughs> teaches us about <coughs> a modality of light and energy that's higher than ishtalshalos. The Rebbe is going to explain now. Zayin. The Parshas Beshalach, Kasav Rashi, Rashi writes in Parshat B'Shalach, Shecharon hu migizras chara. That <clears throat> the word charon is etymologically linked to the word wrath. Vitevas chara. I just want to check something. Give me one second. Burning wrath or burning chara. Vitevas chara, matzinu lora gabi af, charen af. And this term chara, we find not only linked to the word af, like in the term charen af, kim gam beshaikas lagorin, but we also find it a connection to the Hebrew word for throat. Like it says, and this is in Tehillim, my throat is parched. 
וכפרש רש"י, שניכר הוא מלשון חרא, יבש גרני. That the word ניכר is a term that speaks to the throat being dried out, parched. Okay, so we have burning, which is connected to being dried out, parched. And in the Inin of Haran, we have these two aspects. We have Aleph, Keperish Rashi Khan, Haran Af, Shalmakaim. We have the, the um, idiom, the, the, the expression that's being used here in Rashi's Perush, the, the wrath of Hashem, the, the hot air that's coming from the flaring of the nostrils, as it were. And then you have base Haran. Then you have Haran as it could be understood. Im HaKoylel. Im HaKoylel means when you count the word itself as one, then the gematria of Haran is the same gematria as the word Garain, which is throat. The Haran, Isis Nicher. And Haran, when you transpose the letters, is also the word nichar, parched. Mirames, so together, this hints to ala inin de nichar greni, shahagoran yavesh, that the throat is parched, dried out. Umemela, ein hakoel yaitzi mehagoran kidibai. And when your throat is dry, when your throat is parched, the, the voice, the sound can't come out properly. Like, for instance, I forgot to bring a drink with me to my office this morning, and I'm <clears throat> struggling with that, and I also can't find any candies. But that's okay. Sorry? Take some water. Go wait. I'm not anywhere near water, but that's okay. Thanks, Rachi. Just, Mishayinge, you ready? you ready to care of me. And what's the difference between af, that's appended to the word charein, and so it's about the nose, and charon or charein that is attached to the throat. The Rebbe is going to explain the difference. Hagarein, the throat, who mimutza ben haresh vahamayach lelev. The throat is what connects the heart. I'm sorry, the, the mind, the brain, and the heart. Dahainu meaning. So this is the highway. This is the um, tunnel, the, the thoroughfare through which the thoughts in the mind travel to the heart where the midas, where the emotions are awakened. And when the throat is parched, when there's a burning sensation, so there's a blockage, there's an impediment, there's an obstruction, and it does not allow for the sechel to trickle down to the heart. In contradistinction, 
the nose is higher than the throat. And so the Indian of Af transcends Chachma. The Chachma he reaches Heshtalshalos. Because Chachma is the beginning of the whole system of devolution, of how things come down and, and proceed downwards. But the scent, the sense of scent, of smell, the ability of Reach rises higher and reaches higher than Ishtalshalos. It's a very interesting thing about scent, because on the one hand, if a person had to choose, if, if they were told they were going to have to give up once one of our senses, everybody would choose smelling over giving up sight and hearing and any of our other senses, right? On the other hand, there's something about scent that can take you back, that can transport you to places, that can bring you to places. And Alpi Hasidus is even higher than Ishtalshalos. During Corona, people came to that realization how, how unusual the scent is. I think we're not as... Um... Sanguine about it, yeah. Yeah, that's that's correct, Alicia. Well, your nose should be on top of your head. You're right. You're right that that that, that it doesn't quite fit anatomically. I'm sure there's a reason I'll pick Hasidus for that also. I don't know, but anybody else wants to explain that? Please. Maybe that's what they meant when the people say that the Jews have horns, because the Jews have long noses, and you know, maybe the horns refer without them without them knowing to the horns. Okay, thank you. Aye, Don't start with the long noses or the horns now. We're very sensitive. Those are, we're not looking for those kinds of tropes. It's very interesting, though, that when it comes to people, understanding people, the words we use is smelling a rat. And that is crucial in life. Body, you know, understanding people on a whole deeper level. That's right. Right. So, oh boy, hold on. I'm on. That means that's Yiddish for to smell out the truth. But yeah, that is it's very interesting, Esther. You're right. That's an expression. You, you want to go and, and smell it yourself, as it were. Right. We don't use touch. We don't use sight. You think sight would show you the truth, but no, smell. This doesn't smell right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. Well, um, also with the smell of Ganadin, when Abraham <clears throat> came to, that's what Yitzchak, he smelled Ganadin. He didn't yeah. see it, but he smelled it. Yeah. Well, isn't Mashiach going to judge with smell or something like that? Yeah, there is such a limit, yeah. V'zeu shadiyak rashi of didan, v'chasav haroin af. And so the Rebbe says, so that's the specificity of what Rashi wrote in his parish here. He didn't just write Haran, which would have really given us the same message, that Haran alludes to Hashem's wrath. You don't need the af for that. So Rashi wants to teach us in the, in the, in the, in the Soit Shabbat on the deepest level, in the Panemius, that here the Haran is not the kind of 
parchedness of throat. Because here we're talking about the generations before the Shnei Alafim Tayyar, the 26th generation preceded them. And they were sustained by a chesed that is higher than Ishtal Shalos. So there's no problem with any obstruction in the throat because it transcends it completely. Sorry. <clears throat> so here we're not worried about a situation of what, what's happening in the throat. Is it burnt? Is it is it burning? Is it parched? Is it obstructed? Because you only need to worry about that when the throat when you need the throat to be the conduit between Chachma and what goes lower than that. That's why Rashi includes the word af. Because that points to a level of light and energy that transcends the shalshalas. Goldie also reminded us that the Torah talks about, talks about Reich Nichayich Isha Hashem, again, the scent. And so for this reason, Rashi wrote, that this kind of, this kind of seder, this, this kind of possibility, that those that, trans, trans, that transgress and trespass the will of Hashem Get effulence from a place that is higher than Ishtalshalus, Hayarak Ad Avram. This was only the case until Avram. Mishum Shazais Hanhaga Deshne Alafim Tayhu. Because this was only the system, as it were, during those two millennia of chaos and void. Aval Mishash Shne Alafim Tayra. But from when it began, the two millennia of Torah, which did not begin with Kabbalah's HaTorah, it seems the Rebbe is saying here, but with Avram Avinu broadcasting his message to the world, from then on, Nifzak HaKharayin Af. From that time, seized this modality, HaHashpa Milmaila Mishalshalos, that the Ebershah was just raining down unfettered chesed. For us, haisa ha-haskola da-ha-medida al-pitera. And from that time on started a, uh, uh, a system where things are measured out al-pitera. Shekol ha-hashpois trichim lovoi al-pi ha-cheshben de-sechol ha-tera. Everything that comes down from above has to come through Which a that is Alpiter. Over here and Gourmet Glad? Yes. Vizehu Gam Habir Bahatam Hapnimi. Would you be able to drop me off by a place called So Splendid? It's on Sorry, the somebody has to has to mute themselves. Thanks, Tipa. Let's go back to the beginning of Ches. And this is also 
the um the deeper reason she'enin adavram charen afshal mokim merumas dafka bishinui denun pshuta. And this is also the reason that this whole inyan is alluded to through the inversion of the nun, that simple line that delineates. Be'ez When these 2,000 years or the two millennia of Torah began with Avram Avinu, nimshach or hamakiv bipnimius. From that time on, the light and energy that was heretofore in a, in, a, in a modality of makif, of transcendent, an overall embrace came into a modality of pnimius. It came, it came inward into something very specific. And when this light and energy that that previously had hovered above Ishtalshalas came into a circumscribed area, Pneumius, from that time on, the negative aspects of this world can no longer draw their sukkur and their sustenance from this light. So again, just to use the analogy that I referenced earlier, but there are, I'm sure can be explained in many, many other ways. That's the difference between rain and using a, a watering pot. When you use your vessel, you're going to water the flowers that you want to water. But when the rain is coming down, it's going to allow for everything to gain from that. So the Rebbe is explaining that from when the time of Avram Avinu occurred in this world, there was a significant, a seismic shift in the way that Hashem related to the world. Before then, it was indiscriminate. Hashem's chesed came down, and therefore there could be inikas chetzainim. There could be things that were negative, that were contra, that also were able to draw their sustenance from Hashem's chesed. But afterwards, when it came into Pneumius, when it came into the watering pot, or whatever the term is, help me somebody, then it's controlled. And as is known, that from the modality of makif, of transcendent and encompassing that is higher than a shalshalas, klipas can uh, can get their sustenance. Kishar nishar befchinas makif. This is possible when the light of Hashem and the energy of Hashem remains in a transcendent form. Masha enkein kishar makif nimshabapnimius, but this is not so when the R comes into pnimius comes into something circumscribed and specific, then the hashba, the effulence, is drawn down only to the holiness. Rifki, the, uh, yeah. This is such a remarkable lesson for us that I think we must internalize it. I think because what 
to me, what this what the Rebbe is saying here, when you that the chesed, what we look at chesed, we think of abundance of kindness and generosity and whatever. But the harayin af, the anger of the abish there, is connected to the time of chesed. The kedusha is connected to the time of gvura. Because this idea of pnimius, and it is directed and focused, this is what gvura is a specific focused, right? So it is a remarkable thing what we are learning here. When you see overabundance of kindness that doesn't seem right or fair, or why are these things happening to us? When it comes to this overabundance, it may be haroinaf. And when it comes to the gvura, that's what it says that they found in the hardest of times, was the korban or whatever, that the korban were facing each other. And I think in life, in our daily life, we are so impacted by what goes on around us, but what we receive from ourselves and others, what we perceive as right and wrong, and when we are suffering, when we have tsar, look what we're going through now. This is such an important concept for us. We may not understand it. It may be the hidden world. It isn't the, the revealed word that Tan explains to us. It's the hidden world. But look at this. Look what it's saying here. So we, I don't know. I think we need to really integrate. I, I don't, it's not an answer why do things happen to people. But it is an answer to what did I do wrong? I'm not wicked. Do you, you see what I'm? You, you see what I'm, it's such a remarkable thing here that when the world goes into an element of the Gevura, focused, extremely focused, that's when it's Kedusha. And when there's overabundance of Chesed, there's Haroin Af. You, you see what I'm, it's just a remarkable thing. I, that's what the, the Sikha's talk is saying to me, no? I, 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 I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not saying no. I'm just. I find this remarkable. It's okay. Go on. Go no, on. No, I, no. I, it, I it, it, it. it is all quite remarkable. I think we just have to be careful not to take it to Simpson Kapshute. What? That. What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm saying once we got the Torah, it's Memale Kol Almond. Memali kol almin, filling the world, spnimius, is in the element of gvura. Of course, there's chesed in it. There's chesed in, even in chesed, there's gvura. But, but, but the concept is the element of gvura. I think we look at gvura as so, I don't think it's exactly the way we we think it is. That's all I'm saying. No, no, no. I, that I, part I understand. The part about the chesed, I, I don't know. I have to think about it more. The only thing that does come to my mind is that you know, it does say in other places that Avram had Yishmael because he was the Bechina of Chesed. And mm -hmm. of Chesed, there could be Yenikas Chetzainim. Okay? Yitzchak had Esav. Mm -hmm. So when you draw the correlation between Gevura and Kedusha, I think, but then you come to Yaakov Avinu. And Yaakov Avinu mitase Shlema. Right. Because it's the combination. 
Right, but that's Teferis already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. V'davar zeh, the Rebbe says, merumaz binun pshuta, shematzinu ba beiz inyanim hafchim in akatzel akatzel. Because when you look at a nun, there are two dichotomous aspects. And this harkens back to something we learned together in Parshas Bracha two weeks ago. Mispar nun meira al shar hanun shalemayla mehishtalshalus. And I think that Jane uh, referenced this already in her, it's hard for me to, to read and teach at the same time, but I think that Jane referenced this, that the number 50 um, we spoke about Moshe alighting to the fifty, the level of the fiftieth uh, shar of Bina, Shalemayla Mishalshlus, which is higher, is close, huh? higher than Mishalshlus, and then you have Tzior Tmuna Ha'ais. You have the the um, the form of the letter, the physical form of the letter, the 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 um. The word I'm looking for is the aesthetic form of the letter, Sheyeshla Regel Arucha. The nun has a very long uh, leg, as it were. Meir Alam Shachalamata. Sorry, can you just mute yourself? Is it Monday or Tuesday? I think you're right. So I came here. I was walking through here. All the stores were closed. Okay. The only store that wasn't closed. Tip was probably not near her. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, Daniela, yes. can you mute yourself? Wow. Good time. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the is saying that the Nun, on the one hand, is all about transcendence because the number 50 yeah. alludes to transcendence higher than Ashtashalas. And on the other hand, the Nun has this really um, long, Leg that goes all the way down, meaning Hainu Sha'inin denun pshutahu hamshachas haor shalemayla mehistalshlus. That nun is all about pulling on this light and this energy that transcends the shtalshlus. Mala ad inkates that is higher beyond any any way to describe it. But it's about pulling it down. Bimata ein tachlus, pulling it down to the lowest places again without any. So we came together in April. The Aliyadeza through this. Tell us, you know, you Does anybody know to tell us? You message her privately. Daniela. Daniela, please mute yourself. Sorry. All good. Thank you. So the nun speaks to the highest of heights being brought down into the lowest of all places. And through this, the ability for Klippa to nurture itself on God's energy or via God's energy is obliterated. And and, and Hashem's light and, and, and energy comes only to the side of Kedusha. And as is explained in Hanun So in Parshas Re'i, we have the words, and you shall cleave unto him. And it could have been said, Uboi Tidbak. 
and Hashem you shall cleave, and it could have used the term tidbak. Why tidbakun? So it's explained, sheyesh lahamshich es taklis ha'ilui de'uboi tidbakun lamata mata, that cleaving onto Hashem, like white on rice, gluing ourselves to Hashem, it could remain this, um, you know, this esoteric idea. It could remain, you know, a platitude. But no, it has to come down in real time, in real life. Until on the level of our asiya, on the level of our everyday minutia, it has to be all holy Tashem. And then when you take these high energies and they're actually reflected in the everyday, in the minutia of the everyday, then it doesn't give rise to Yanika, to Sitra Achra. Uh, you know, the thing that comes to mind is that there were great people in, in, in ancient history and certainly in modern history. Uh, I think some of us can think of people who were very brilliant. They actually knew a lot of Hasidus, but somehow it wasn't Nimshach in the everyday of their lives. And it gave rise to a lot of unique a lot of negative things were derived from there. So it's explained in the Kutitaria that that's why it says not but it has to come down from the Shar Hanun that is higher than anything, all the way, all the way down, Mata Mata. Yes, our Torah and specifically Hasidus is filled with audacious ideas and an unbelievable, beautiful, theological, philosophical constructs. But if it doesn't come down, if it's not nimshach in the everyday, it could give rise to yinikas chetzainim. And so this time, that we go into with the close of this week's Parsha, the beginning of the next week's Parsha, with the Nun, we go into the Shnei Alafim Teira. And the Shnei Alafim Teira are the preface and the preparation for the Shnei Alafim Yemais HaMashiach. She'az, what will happen then? Yum Shechu Kol HaMakifim Da'ata Bipnimius. Then, all of the transcendent lights and energies that still hover above Ishashos today will all come down in an aifin of Pneumius, who filled this world, like, like Esther said before, Mimale Kal Almin, Umemela Yikuyam, Kamaisha Messiah, Bilkutitayasham, Ves Ruach Hatuma Avir Mina Aretz. And then will be the time where anything having to do with negativity, with the opposite of Kedusha, will be completely eradicated. With the coming of Mashiach, may it be now, speedily, very, very soon, like immediately. Amen. Um, can I just ask, Just are you able to just 
clarify, I just want to make sure I understood this correctly, where the Rebbe was talking about Lakota Torah. Are you saying that the reason, is the Rebbe saying that the reason it says Uvoited Bakun with a Nun is because we have to draw down everything in in into the Lamata and that way we have that like, um, that parameter which just stops it from the Chitonim getting in. Is that what it's saying? I, I, I think so, yeah. Uvoited Bakun means that you should cleave on to Hashem. Etc., etc., right? So this could remain a shenisvara, you know, like it's it's a beautiful idea. But the Rebbe says, no, it ends with the nun. Because because you're talking about such an exalted idea that you should cleave onto Hashem. Doesn't get higher than that. But you have to you have to bring it down, Lamata Mata. Does that have to do with the final nun at the end of Uboitid Bakun, or is that correct? Correct versus Uboitid Baku or Boitid Bak. Okay, thank you. Yeah, any one of those ways. Thank you, Rifki. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank I, you so um, much. I, I don't know if Sipa wants to uh, shut the recording, and then if people want to share things. Yehudis, did you want to give us a little update? Elisheva, you want to give us a little update? I guess not. Hi. Somebody just, just unmuted themselves, so go ahead. I unmuted myself because update of what? I mean, most of the news everybody hears, so, you know, that's that's what's what is what. Um are you okay, your family? Yeah, we're okay. We haven't, other than last Monday when we had that siren, I, nothing happened more in Beitar. So everything's just, you know, as far as I am in Beitar, there's always in the back of my mind, oh, is there going to be a siren or not? But it's not like I feel like there's some major war going on. Um, as far, you know, just like the news, and we all know that the soldiers are fighting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not like I'm feeling it. I will feel it maybe because, um, they don't, you know, the supermarkets that always had Arabs working there don't have the Arabs working there. So things are a little slower there. You know, it's, you know, the the milk, the vegetables are not being rationed. But yes, I don't know why we're not getting our supplies, but I guess because things are slowed down because because everything's kind of slowed down. But said they're so fine. But um like I said, you hear in the news more, and if you're gonna stay, if you're gonna keep your ears in tune to the news, but I don't think that that's really helpful. So, the best thing is not to do that, and just go around doing what you have to do. Like life is meant to do what you have to do, so do what you have to do because you're not anyways gonna be out there um, killing the Arabs. So, so just do what you have to do. And keep positive. Um, I will say that last week, uh, Monday, which was the second day, um, like when we found out here in Israel what happened, uh, of course, we were all very shocked. And everyone was like, we were just all in shock, like the whole entire world. Um, usually, when there's some kind of things going on, wars, and we've had other, they weren't called wars, they were called campaigns. But very soon, everyone's very upbeat. Everyone's very upbeat in Israel, Bechlal. Doesn't matter what happens. Everyone always has some kind of a, a joke to say about it. 
And it wasn't like that. On Sunday, there was nothing going on in the WhatsApps. There was no jokes. No one was nothing. It was just like totally silent. And it was very weird and like worrisome. Like everyone was just so down and there was nothing. But by Monday afternoon, there were a lot of funny things going through on the WhatsApps, which is very important because it just made the whole morale. Everybody came back and said, okay, it is what it is, and we have to be upbeat and positive, and yes, we have to smile. I, what did the Rebbe say? If you can't be the Simcha, and all you have to do is tickle yourself to start yourself being happy, that's what you have to do. And that's the way it is in Israel. You know, the singing, the Chayalim, you saw all those, I'm sure you saw those videos, and Chayalim themselves are sending all these um, clips of them joking with each other, and and the jokes of everything. And it's very uplifting because if you feel starting to feel tense and worried, I know for myself when I start suddenly feeling tense because I start thinking about what's going on and thinking about what's happening is number one, you know, I'll open up my phone and I'm sure there's some kind of funny joke going around or listen to a sheer or something and gets your mind off of what's actually happening. And that's what you're supposed to do because thinking about what's happening is really not helping anybody.